Hello, family, and welcome back to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno, and today I am joined by Amber, and Amber is an evidential medium. She presented at the 2023 IAMS conference in Washington, D.C., and I had the pleasure of hearing her speak there, and it blew me away. I'm so grateful for your willingness to come on the podcast and to have another conversation about all things spiritual. And uh, I'm going to toss it over to you to kind of share a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into a conversation. Thanks for your willingness to serve our community. Oh, well, thank you, Betty. And I am so grateful to be a part of this community, uh, something that a community really that I never expected to be a part of, and I really didn't even know anything about until about a year ago. So I will just start by sharing a little bit of my story. Um, I am a wife, a mom, educational consultant, as a teacher for 15 years, and I had a spiritually transformative experience, which I now know is called a shared death experience, on November 1st of 2020 during my dad's passing. Uh, although. Things really even began to happen months before that, that really were just extremely strong intuitions about things that I must do. But, you know, I didn't really get all of the behind the scenes that was happening in that moment. So when my dad was passing away, uh, just to kind of briefly explain, I was holding his hand and really just thinking about how in this moment, even though he was unconscious and not talking anymore, he was still here. And in this moment, he was still my dad. Thinking about the future, days from now, years from now, was very painful. And of course, thinking about the past and the dad that I've always had was painful because he's no longer that person either. And so in that moment of complete presence, and I think it wasn't even by choice, it was just a moment of being able to escape the pain because in the present, he was still here. I was holding his hand and I suddenly, of course, because my eyes were closed, saw swirls of purple kind of swirling in my mind's vision. And I felt a warmth encompass me from head to toe. And I remember thinking, oh, the window, the sun must be coming in the window and just kind of playing tricks on me. Uh, but then with full clarity, I felt an energy, and that was vocabulary I didn't really use before, but it was the only thing I could describe it as. It was like a whoosh, and it came in my back, and it really did circles right here around my heart center. Also, heart center not being a word that I used before, literally swirling around in circles. And I followed that feeling as it traveled to my shoulder, and it was so new this experience that I really had no time or room to judge it because I've never experienced something like this in my life. So I really could only just be present with it. And that feeling traveled slowly down my arm and into my hand. And then I just knew with total certainty that that energy feeling, whatever that was, went into my dad too. I just knew it. I knew it like knowing that the sky is blue. And in that moment, I just felt we are eternally bonded. I had no concept of what that could mean or why was I thinking this? It was just like I knew we're eternally bonded. And I was at complete 
peace, complete peace. Um, my dad, you know, actually took his last breath hours later, but the journey that was like just the very beginning of his letting me know that we are eternally bonded. And so it was the start of a breadcrumb journey. Um, real briefly, just hours later after he passed away, I drove to a park to go for a walk. I really wasn't in heavy grief. I grieved for the two years before my dad passed simply because, you know, he had terminal cancer and, um, it's, it's really hard knowing your loved one is going to die. And so I did so much of my grieving beforehand. Plus I had all this peace with me now, but of course I was exhausted from the week. I had been with my dad for the entire week. And while I was in the car, I just started crying. It was more of a, a letting go of that exhaustion and the, the mental load of everything that had occurred. And as I started crying, I heard my dad's voice, actual voice in my mind say, you've cried enough tears over me in your life, Ambie. Get out of the car. And I thought to myself, well, where did that voice come from? But that is true. I have cried enough tears over my dad in my life. I got out of the car. I started walking. And I just said to myself, gee, I hope you're all right, dad. But instantaneously, without a hesitation, I heard his voice in my mind again. And he said, I'm just fine, Ambie. I'm going to stick around here a while and help some people. And I'm happy about it. And in that moment, I stopped walking. Because I knew I, as Amber, would have never said that. If I were making up something that my dad would say with his own voice in my mind, I would have said something like, heaven's so beautiful. I'm with my uh, granddad again, my parents, our dogs are here. That's what I would have said. I would have never come up with, I'm going to stick around here a while and help some people. And so it was sort of a clue to me that is there something else going on? And then I remember kind of asking myself, who would he be helping? I didn't even think, realize, or understand that it was going to be me that he was helping. And that that following year was really a journey of personal healing. Um, yeah, personal healing, but also transformation in coming to understand that reality is so much greater than what our biology allows us to experience. I love that way that you just put that. That is like so perfect. Put it on the back of a book. Okay. That's great. <laughs> um, so before we started talking, we were kind of having a conversation and I kind of want to get into some of that stuff. So we were talking about some of the gifts that come up after a spiritual experience and you've experienced that. So let's talk about what some of your gifts are. Well, the gifts, first of all, to you as a person really probably have to do with healing and personal transformation. Um, not only was I able to experience some healing around some complicated things with my relationship with my dad, uh, and we had a lovely relationship, but there were some really hard things too, uh, especially in my childhood. And so, you know, I think when we have 
things in our lives that have hurt us, even if we don't mean to, we tell ourselves a story about ourselves and what that hurt means about us. All of us, all of us have some little things of trauma and difficult things. And when we get injured in that way, we tell ourselves story, stories about ourselves, maybe that we're not worthy, that we're really not lovable enough, all kinds of things. And so on a personal level, I was able through these um, experiences of grace, because that's really what they were, I was able to have some healing in that. Uh, expand my idea of forgiveness and so on and so forth. But I think things that we all experience, no, no matter what those little personal personal reconciliations that we might be making are, are way less anxiety. I have so much less anxiety in my life. Um, I have so much less fear around lots of things. Uh, definitely, I have no fear anymore of death. Of course, I want to be here. I have a son and I'm looking forward to living a long, full life, but I absolutely do not fear it anymore because I know, I know what we will all experience and the love that will encompass us. Um, definitely much more joy in particular in that first year, it was like I was experiencing a union with all of life. Things that suddenly could seem so silly to me, like seeing a tree, and I know this will sound silly, but in a way feeling like I am that tree and that tree is me. And it's not that I'm uh, the tree is superior to me in any way, but it's, it's almost like you're beginning to recognize the beingness of everything. Everything has its own beingness, uh, and that's to be appreciated. And on a personal level, I also began to feel much more peace with people around me, less feeling upset by how other people believed about things, even if it were different from me, even if I felt their beliefs were maybe even harmful to others. It's not that I decided that that was fine, but it's more that I had this, you know what? It's like the mountaintop view. It's like being on a mountaintop and being able to see from a more holistic perspective a view of life. And when you're in the muck and you maybe haven't had experiences like this, it's harder. You're, we're in the weeds with our emotions and our emotions are more dominating our lives. But from that mountaintop view, it's not that we may never feel the emotion, but we see a bigger, broader picture. And we understand that in a, in a weird way, every, everything, every emotion has its own purpose. Um, every person is on their own path. And every single person, even the ones we don't like, are just as worthy as anybody else. Oh my goodness. Yes. I love that. I love the idea how you just phrased 
that even if you don't agree with a person's beliefs and, you know, some people might think that they're harmful, that, that person is still allowed their spiritual autonomy, or that's at least what I took from what you were saying. And I, I think that that's such a huge realization because I find in a lot of different spaces that people want you to believe what they believe. And you, you know, if you don't believe what I believe, then you're wrong and you're innately bad. But that's not really how spirit sees things, you know, because everybody's on their own journey to awareness, however it goes for them. And I really like that. So I love that you're talking about healing, that healing really opened you up to joy, peace, serenity, calm. These are all things that I feel every human desires. So did that healing lead you into your your mediumship? Yes. Well, it was sort of, you know, all a part of the journey, um, very much so. I think that healing allowed me to have a daily bigger picture and not be so kind of mired in my own muck. Um, I remember at one point thinking, you know, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. There are some really hard moments in that journey. And one of the hardest parts is that I kind of one day had a breakdown and I just felt like, who am I? Uh, what is real? What is my identity? I don't understand what's going on at all. And I had this knowing that I'm the same person, I have my same personality, I have my same morals, my same ethics, my same values, but yet I didn't feel like me at all. And it was very confusing. And in retrospect, I now understand that was just my ego kind of going away. You know, we all have our ego always and we're human. We're never going to not have that. But it was like the more true nature part of me was welling up and making its prominence known. And that's something that most of us don't have an opportunity to experience. And so once we do, it can feel very jarring. You don't know what that is. Um, so that was a big piece of my identity falling away in, in a way. And I think as a part of a result of that, my mediumship was able to blossom. Now, of course, I was having all of these after death communication experiences with my dad. And that was also a journey in and of itself. It was, you know, a journey of believing he was really here. And sometimes that was like a roller coaster. I would believe because this thing that happened makes no other sense. How, how could I know that? For example, a real brief example, uh, one evening I felt him, I could start to feel his presence. And as I just kind of tune into that, I heard him express that there was a, a personal joke between he and my mom, and it involved a mark on her behind. <laughs> so it was funny because for him to give me something so intimate in a way, in detailed, it, it would help me know I, I would not come up with that on my own, but also cause me to reach out to my mom and ask, so I just told her I had a dream about my dad. I I didn't tell anyone for a while that I was having these experiences. And I asked her and she started laughing. And yes, they did have this intimate joke. I won't go into detail with her here because she'll probably kill me when she hears this. 
Uh, so I'll have to stop there. But it was an intimate joke that they had about a mark on their behind. <laughs> and so having little moments like that helped me know this is absolutely real. And as those experiences grew, there came a point where I first said, I accept. Actually, it was right around Christmas. And I remember saying, like the little girl, Miracle on 34th Street, because that's what I felt like. It was finally just me saying, okay, I believe, I believe, I believe. And after that, I had a moment where I said, okay, I'm medium and I have to accept it. Um, And that was also a really important moment. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. How important is it to get that confirmation from people to build up your own foundation and your ability? Well, it's a, I, for me, it was essential because I am a person who believes in science. Um, And it's not that I had a complete lack of faith. You know, my faith journey has probably like many of us changed throughout my life. But, and I've always believed in miracles, but in a weird way, I guess I thought like miracles aren't for me. They're for other people. And so when this started happening to me, doubt was probably the, the most common feeling that I had around every single experience at first. I have to I was like looking for ways to believe that I was making this up. I was looking for ways to believe that somehow I was talking myself into these experiences. And I think because of that, my dad and spirit knew they had to give me mind-blowing experiences or I would not believe. Um and I don't know if that answers your question. What what did yeah, you No, it does. Well, you know, I think that okay, so you know, I hear people all the time feeling like they have a gift and they're not sure what it is. And so I think to actually come out and say, I'm a medium, to to claim that as a piece of yourself. You know, I think it takes number one, it takes a lot of courage, but I don't think that it just comes by not actually having tested this on people. Uh, and so well, yeah. So, and for me, that works a lot by, um, I would tell people, I had a dream about your loved one. And this is what, you know, was told to me. Now, I want to make a, make a statement for people that don't really know much about mediumship or have an understanding of mediumship. I don't walk around life and constantly hear messages. I'm not like the Long Island medium who's stopping people on the street. And not only is that probably not ethical, kind of, in my opinion, but uh, it's not really how it works. But in the very beginning, and this helped me understand and reflecting now, there is an orchestration happening. It's not just, I believe that one day science will be able to tell us how this communication is possible. I really believe that. But at the same time, it's not just science. There is an orchestration happening because that doesn't really happen to me anymore. Very rarely. But in the beginning, it was happening all the time. But it needed to happen because I would not have pursued this journey if I wasn't forced to be following the breadcrumbs. 
for example, I might be in the driveway of my daycare provider and I would hear the voice of uh, her brother that passed away as a teenager decades before, decades before I even knew her. And I knew it was his voice because it's a voice that I don't know. And it sounds like a young man. And he would say something like, she's great, isn't she? And I'd, I'd kind of be so shocked. I'm hearing this voice. What is going on? And so I would ask back and I would get evidence. And then I could go to her and say, listen, I know this will sound ridiculous, but after my dad passed, I started having these experiences. I had this dream is what I would say at first. And then I started not saying I had a dream. Then I just started saying, I think I'm having these really interesting experiences, but I wouldn't say medium. And then there was one day, one year after my dad passed away, we went up to the house that I lived in when I was in high school and we spread his ashes behind the house. They don't live there anymore. Someone else lives there now. And I knocked on the door to ask the owner if he would mind if I do this, of course. We made real quick chit chat. He said, sure, no problem. Um, And so then we did that. Well, the very next day, by this time I was doing morning meditations, I heard his family, his mom and his brother. And I just knew, it's like a knowing, I knew that they were his brother and his mother. I wrote down everything on a notepad in the hotel room, all of it. And I drove back to that house. And I remember thinking to myself, he is going to think I'm crazy. He had a lot of political flags out front. And I made all these assumptions. He is going to be the least woo-woo person (laughs) that I could ever imagine how am I going to do this? But it was like this compelling feeling that I had to, and I knew it was coming from his loved ones. And so I I wasn't going to lie. I was going to tell them I've been having these interesting experiences. And before just saying all the things I was going to ask, you know, is this something that you would like to hear or see? Because I had it all written down. So that is what I did. I gave him all of this information on a piece of paper. And one of the things I had written down that his mother told me was that she had a very special kitchen pot holder. And she she showed me the details. It was green and yellow flowers, a white pot holder. And I knew that it was handmade and had been passed down in her family. When he saw that, you know, there were lots of other evidential things too. He said, he looked at me and he said, can you hold on a second? He went into his house, into the basement, into a buried box, you know, in a pile of stuff and brought out that pot holder and he brought it outside. And he said, there is no possible way that you could know about this. It's exactly as I had described it on the paper. And yes, her dad had made it with her and it had been passed down and she, no one was allowed to use it other than for decoration. It was beautiful. He called me because you know we exchanged numbers and he called me a few weeks later and he asked me Amber why did this happen to me and without hesitation and he meant like why why me why are my loved ones reaching out to me and I love that question because that's what I was asking to myself when these experiences started happening to me why me and without hesitation I was able to say to him Larry because you are worthy you are worthy of the miracles in your everyday life. 
the big ones, the small ones, you are worthy. We all are. And that has been a huge part of this healing journey for me. And it was that day that I said, he responded back, this has changed my outlook on life. He was sad, lonely. His family has all passed on. He said, this has changed my outlook on life. And after that conversation, I said, I'm a medium and I have to accept it. Wow. Wow. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is really, really powerful. Uh, You know, along with all the other amazing, powerful moments that you've had in this journey. And so before we started pressing, before we pressed record, we were talking a little bit about the quote unquote spiritual closet and what it's like to feel like you can't come out and be your most authentic self for fear of judgment or people institutionalizing you or medicating you. And, you know, I feel like now something has shifted in the collective and people are able to stand in their spiritual truth much firmer because you can find so many of us through the internet. You can connect with us online. And, you know, you see that there's just tens of thousands of us. I mean, there's probably hundreds of thousands of us that are out there really standing in our truth. And you know what the strangest thing to me about having this fear of coming out of the spiritual closet is like, you forget all about your connection to the divine. And all of a sudden you're just your very human self and you're very scared of other human beings, as opposed to kind of relying on that unconditional love and grace of something bigger than ourselves. So I kind of want to chat a little bit about what that journey has been like for you coming out, quote unquote, coming out of the closet. Yeah. Well, it's still a journey for me in all vulnerability and uh, truth sharing. Um, Just in this last week, uh, actually, I was saying to my husband yesterday, I started crying a little bit. And I said to him, why is this so hard for me all of a sudden? Of course, it was really hard for me in the beginning. You know, what are people going to think? And once again, I don't think if my if I if I didn't just believe with every ounce of my being that my dad was here, standing right behind me and supporting me in this journey, I'm not sure I ever could have been so brave. But I knew he was, and I knew that. you know, it was something that I had to share and it's beautiful. That's the reason for sharing it and helpful and healing. Um, but just in these last couple of weeks, it's kind of like I've had this slide down the roller coaster where I've suddenly been back to worrying. What are people thinking of me? And it's okay. I actually accept the people judge me. I really do because I get it. I probably would judge someone too. Before all of these experiences, I wouldn't have completely written them off or anything, but, um, you know, I, I definitely would have kind of been judgmental about it a little bit. So I really get that. But I also think, and maybe this is just me and it's a personal thing, I don't know, but it's really hard when there are a lot of people that, of course, don't understand these experiences. And so they may think you are in a cult, starting a cult, <laughs> joining a cult. Um, as you said, you know, really having some mental issues. Um, the worst, probably just being a fraud 
Uh, and I don't know if anyone that knows me thinks that per se, but I, I do know that there are people that my experiences make them uncomfortable. Uh, others just outright don't believe it. They don't understand it, but they don't believe it. And again, that's okay, but it's hard. It It is very much hard. So I think, I think it's kind of a roller coaster journey. I don't know if I'll ever get to a completely freeing place about not being judged. I would like, I would like to, um, but I'm, I'm trying to remember that the reason I'm sharing all of this, the reason I'm doing mediumship is because it's beautiful. It's love. That's what this is. It's healing for people. It provides a lot of hope. And then on a bigger picture, our biology dictates how we experience the world. It does not mean that's all there is. Like any other mammal, our biology dictates how we experience the world. It doesn't mean that's all there is. And I'm excited for science to dive more into these types of topics in the future decades. Yeah, I think that we're really close to... Yeah, to proving them all wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I and I thank you for your courage to talk about how uncomfortable this is. I feel like, you know, I always kind of ask the same questions of people because I'm actually very curious about what it's like to stand in your authentic truth. What has that journey been like for you? You know, we have these spiritual experiences and they're awesome. And they're so noteworthy and they're worth sharing. And they come out into these beautiful stories for us to share and they're digestible and they're interesting and people stay engaged. But there's a whole mountain of other experiences that are happening around that. Like you shared about your grief journey. You shared about coming into these gifts and the healing journey. And then also, you know, how... Some people don't stay in our lives once we kind of level up into this next level of healing. And that's the way that it's felt for me is that not everybody will ascend with me. Not everybody will come on, on to the next part of my journey with me. And so having radical acceptance around that has been such a huge part of my own healing journey as well. And um, I, there's this quote, I do not want to be considered sane in an insane world. When I look at the world around me, I don't want anybody to think that I'm I'm normal because this is not normal what's going on out there. <laughs> the way that I live my life today centered around spiritual community and spiritual experiences and being around other experiencers. I mean, just being a human is a spiritual experience, but being around people that are open-minded. For me, that's like, that is leveling up in this human experience, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful for you, yeah, being so willing to share about the uncomfortable parts of this. Well, I'm really glad we're having this conversation and um, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, like we always say, don't talk about religion and politics, right? Well, anyone who knows me knows I'll always talk about politics, or at least I did a whole lot more before before all these spiritual experiences, because now I've got the mountaintop view. Um, but, you know, it can be uncomfortable for people. And I think what I... What I really believe, and I would like people to know, is that this is not an either or. It's not 
atheism or religion. It's not one person is right or one person is wrong. It's not I'm right and everything else is wrong. It's not I'm the truth teller and nothing else is the truth. What is the truth is love. If you are finding that in community and atheism and you're able to feel love, feel joy, and bring love to the world, amazing. If you're able to feel that in one of the three major religions and that's your experience, amazing. Um, We're not all meant to be the same. Who wants to be in a world where everybody is the same? We're not meant for that. And so that's okay. But I worry that people sometimes see this as some kind of other or, you know, maybe even worse that it's something evil working within. Uh, And I got to say, if it's evil, it's doing a whole lot of help and healing with people. And it's, I'm not here saying you, everyone should believe this. And this is the only way that's not a part of this at all. I actually honor and appreciate everyone's personal journey in mediumship. I've experienced over and over. There is no discrimination as to this love. Christian, Catholic, Buddhist, atheist. I've had people in my experiences of all of those things. That has nothing to do with any of this, really. Um, It's really just love. That's what it is. And so that's what I hope for people to see about not only my journey, but yours and really this entire community. Love that. I'll sign up for your cult. Just kidding. (laughs) No, I really love everything that you said. And I really appreciate you taking time out to come. Again, I love being able to connect with people authentically and sharing the other facets of this journey. Like obviously, you know, the spiritual experience, the shared death experience, experiencing the oneness, experiencing spirits, that stuff is all amazing. But yeah, there is still that very human experience that goes along with it. And that temperance between the two worlds can be really uncomfortable and rocky. And so I'm so glad that we have each other, you know, that we have a community. And um, yeah, your your links will be in the liner notes of this episode so that people can reach out to you. Because I'm sure a lot of people are going to identify with what you're saying. I just want to see if there's anything else that you'd like to share to feel more complete about our time together today. Oh, well, that's a beautiful question. Thank you for sharing. Um, I just, I really want people to know, kind of going a little piggybacking off of what we were just saying, no matter who you are, you're not alone. None of us are alone. Uh, I definitely learned that we think our thoughts are all our own and they absolutely are not at all. There is no one that doesn't have support at the soul level. Even when we feel like we're completely alone. And if you don't mind, I'll just give a quick example of that. I had a moment in my journey where It's like I finally believed, okay, there's, it's not just my dad. There's like a spirit team and there's different people and they're, they're here to help you. For some reason, I believed that that was true for other people, but I just thought I can't have a spirit team, right? And it tells you a lot about our own healing and about how many of us have growth to do in knowing how worthy and loved we are. 
of the same beauty as anybody else. But when I had this moment where I finally believed that because the evidence, I couldn't, I couldn't deny what was kind of happening. I had this moment where I got really mad actually. And I, I said, if, if you, if this is real and I believe it is, then why me? Like there's so much terrible stuff happening in the world. I know, you know, like any of us, I have my hurts and I carry those around, but I'm fine. Like, don't worry about me. What about all these other people? Or what about these one or two times in my life that were actually really horrifying? Where were you then? Why are you here now? Where were you then? Because that, that was kind of traumatic and brought stuff for me into my adulthood. And I, I was angry. I literally asked that in meditation aloud in a moment of anger. And I instantly heard back in my own voice and through my own thoughts. But of course, it came with evidence later. I um, I heard, we were there for you. We brought you peace when, and I kind of got flooded with this bad memory. We protected your heart when, and I kind of got flooded with this bad memory. And I thought about it and I realized I remember actually suddenly garnering up some peace in that moment. And I look at who I am now and I could say I understand how my heart was protected. So I think sometimes we don't understand how we're supported in our lives. And we think on a weird human level that being supported means bad stuff doesn't happen to you anymore. And that's just not a part of being human. Um, But you are loved and encouraged and supported even when you can't recognize it with your brain, but it's there. And the last thing I would share is that none of us have to prove anything. We are already whole, already divine, already worthy. Love that. Oh, wow. I could spark off into another 45-minute conversation, (laughs) but I'm going to contain myself. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on and share so so courageously. I really appreciate you. And uh, all right, we'll see you next time. All right, thank you. Be wavy.